I'm so excited that you joined us today. Uh, if you don't have a Bible or a pen or a notepaper, grab one because this is a perfect lesson. The next four weeks, I'm telling you, these are the lessons you're going to want to look back on. And do me a favor, just slip your phone in your pocket. You're not going to need it for the next 15 minutes because I'm going to give you, hopefully, a, an idea, a thought that you can be able to kind of you know work with and know and, and learn from and point back to the rest of your week. Uh, we did a whole month series on who Jesus was called uh, I Am. And then we did a whole month on who we are called Am I. It was an identity, you know, kind of learning who we are. Now we're going to do a whole month on who the church is. Now this is so important because you guys show up here every week. And the truth is, and this is true, showing up to church, and I'm not dogging showing up to church. I like showing up to church. Showing up to church really is like, it's the lowest level of commitment you can make. And, and, I, and I'm not I'm not downplaying going to church. I think if you're going to church, like that's amazing. I love going to church. Look at people are leaving. I say that and girls get up. They're like, I'm out of here then. Forget this place. I'm sure that it wasn't connected. But you mean really, you're showing up at church. That's like a pretty low level of commitment. Okay, I'm going to get in my parents' car. I'm going to show up to a place where there's candy and Red Bull. And I'm going to sit in some rows and like, okay, that's my commitment. And that's the lowest level of commitment. When the church was started, when it was constructed, there was a different idea of how they wanted to do church. And that's what we're going to learn about today. Uh, here's the key verse for the series. If you're going to learn any verse, I ask that you try and learn this verse. It's Matthew 16, 18. We're going to talk about this verse together, so we're going to say it together. So, you know, girls, boys in the cheap seats back there, here we go. Let's take a deep breath. Ready, here we go. Now I say to you that, you, let's try it again. Let's just start over. Ready, here we go. We're all in. Every single one of us are in. Here we go. Ready? Deep breath. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Here's something that's really interesting about this verse I'm going to point out. When they talk about church, when Jesus was talking about church, the word he used for church, so this is just a little nugget, this is a freebie, the word he used for church was not church in the original language. So the Bible was written in the language of Greek. It was a, church, it was a word called ekklesia. Now you don't need to memorize that word, but I want you to learn what that word means. It means fellowship or gathering. So when Jesus was talking, this is what he said to him. This is what he said. Girls, I don't want you to miss this. This is so good. This is like the best thing you're ever going to learn in your life. This is what Jesus was saying to him. On you, Peter... Upon this rock, I'm going to build my, and we translated this church, what we're saying is, I'm going to build my fellowship, my gathering of people. You know, people getting together and, and knowing each other, having community with one another, having friendship, relationship, that gathering, that fellowship, I'm going to build that on you. And the word for hell, this is so crazy, right? Because we think hell, like the, a location, the, the word they're using there is actually a word for death. And what he's saying is that even death, like our fellowship, our gathering, even when we die, that's not going to end. Because what we're building here lasts forever. Jesus' plan for the church was for us to do it in fellowship, in a gathering. That's why we do life groups. But, you know, life groups are, that's not a simple thing. It's hard to build that. Here's my question for you. I just want you to think about this in, you know, in a very simple way. Um, what was something you have built, maybe you built something, or saw being built? Now, I, I heard a bunch of different answers over the, the course of my time when I'm researching this. And I've had students say that they've seen, you know, new houses get built in their neighborhoods. I've had students who talk about they actually built something themselves with their own two hands. Like, I went down to Mexico, and we built a house in Mexico. And, and I know what it takes to build something. And most of you guys do too. You have to get all the supplies together. 
You have to make sure you have all the equipment you need. Chances are you can't do it alone when you build something. You need other people to help you with it. Like chances are maybe when you're done building it, you're still going to kind of tweak it a little bit. Like it's not perfect, right? So you're going to tweak it and maybe you put a new coat of paint on it or put some more nails into it, make it sturdy. Like, you know, there's some upkeep involved in building something. You know, here's the truth. When they started building the church, they had to figure out the foundation because anything you build has to have a solid base, a solid foundation. Here's what I want you to write down. This is what I've learned. I've learned that the church was built on Jesus and his teachings. That's what I've learned. And that everything we do is based off that. As I've been reading the book of Acts and seeing that these people, as they're constructing and they're building the church, every construction, every job, we're building the new community center now, and we're using the, the foundation that's already there to build it. Everything you build needs to start off with a strong base, a strong foundation. When we built the house in Mexico, this foundation was already laid for us there. Concrete, and there were metal things poking up that we would align with the wood that we would then screw in um, and make sure it's solid to the foundation. Jesus is the foundation that we build on in his teachings. You know, when, when the, the disciples, uh, apostles were all sitting there learning, like, all right, and discussing, all right, what are we going to do, guys? Like, and this is so crazy, right? Because they didn't have Bibles back then. You guys, I hope you don't forget this. In, when they were doing this in the book of Acts, they weren't reading about themselves doing it in the book of Acts. Like, they were the ones doing it for the first time. They didn't compile the book of Acts until years later. So they're sitting around the circle, and imagine this, imagine this. You're sitting around a circle with a bunch of people, and you're not reading about what Jesus taught. You're discussing what he taught because you were there when he taught it. So you're not opening the Bible and saying, okay, in Matthew chapter 4, like Matthew is there. And it's like, hey, Matthew, do you remember when we saw that homeless guy? Like, what did Jesus do again? And Jesus and Matthew was like, oh my gosh, when Jesus was there, like he told us to care for those people and help them. Like they were building the church on a foundation of Jesus teaching. And this is what's also so crazy. It's going to be on the next slide. I want you to write this down. This is what's also so crazy. In, as we start, we start to see these themes unfold in the book of Acts. So I want you to write down Acts 2, 42 through 47, because I want you to read this at home. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. This is what it says. <clears throat> if you have Bibles, feel free to open them, but don't feel pressure to. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I'm going to get to that. And to fellowship, which when Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, he's talking about the fellowship, the gathering of people, not the building with a waterfall and a student center and lights. And that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a gathering of people, friendships, fellowship. And to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper and a prayer. I want to talk about apostles real quick. A disciple is this. I would consider myself to be a disciple of Jesus because Jesus is the teacher and I'm learning from him. So I'm a disciple of Jesus. You know, you could in some ways consider yourselves a disciple of junior high or the leadership in junior high. Me, Jeremy, Kristen, you know, Brittany and David. Because you're learning from us. You can consider yourself a disciple of Jesus because you are learning from him. You are dis being discipled. It's called discipleship. It's the process of being a disciple, becoming like the teacher. Now, an apostle is different. So if you're taking notes, this is a perfect note-taking moment. An apostle is someone who actually spent time with the person of Jesus. So it, not, you know, I didn't spend time with the person of Jesus. I spent time with Jesus in prayer. I spend time with Jesus when I'm reading the Bible. I feel like I'm spending time with Jesus when I'm doing the things that Jesus did, serving people, caring for people. But the apostles literally spent time with the person, the man of Jesus. They would go to the store. They would shop together. They would go, you know, and get food and eat together. They would travel down the roads together. Those were apostles. 
There's, there's no more apostles left alive on earth. They all died long, long ago. But these guys, they would gather together, and the apostles, the ones that were there when Jesus was actually teaching, they learned from Jesus himself. They listened to the apostles' teaching because they were teaching firsthand from what they learned from Jesus. Now, here's what's so crazy. It's going to be on the next slide. I want you to write this down. At the beginning, the first thing people did was meet together. Okay, at the very beginning, before they built a building, before they started getting books or writing things down, the first thing they did was they started to meet together. They started to get people together in small groups and hang out together. And and the apostles' teaching is important because a lot of these people, they just didn't know stuff. You know, here's the thing. I should know more about the Bible than anyone in this room. Like, I should, because I went to college for it. I I studied it for years. I I read it every day, not because I'm reading just to learn stuff. I'm reading it because I'm a sinner, and I need to know who Jesus is more closely. And then my hope as a pastor is to teach that to you, that you guys learn something and grab something from it. You know, the apostles, they knew the most about Jesus because they spent time with him and walked with him. And when they got these, these little groups of people together, They talked about it and discussed it. That's why we do life groups the way we do it. Here's the thing I want you to write down when it comes to, you know, putting groups together. It's going to be up here on the screen. They did it based on location and based on Jesus. You know what they didn't do it based on? Interests. Like, they didn't have, like, a group, like, back then. It's like, hey, if you like herding sheep, this is the group to be in. And if if you like herding cows, like, you need to go over to this place and be part of that group. And if you like football, you need to go be in this group in this place. And if you like music, you got to go be in this group in that place. And everyone's traveling all around. You know what they did? They found where someone lived. They drew a little circle around it. And the people in that neighborhood got together and they gathered. It wasn't, people didn't travel far to go to church and to gather. They gathered in their neighborhoods. And they didn't take into account what they liked because groups should be diverse. You know, how many people are in, uh, how many people are in a life group? Just raise your hand. Okay, there's a lot of people in life groups. That's great. All right, here's my question. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up if you're in a life group. Now, I want you to keep your hands up if this applies to you. Who of you are in a life group with people that are different from you? And not just appearance different, like they dress differently than you. Maybe they have different skills or talents or passions that you have. Maybe they talk differently. Maybe their family situation looks different than yours. Like a lot of your hands are still up because we don't group people by interests. We group people by, you know, it's a diverse, different kind of group. Because when you're in a group, and this is so important, this is straight out of the book of Acts. This isn't even me. When you're in a group with people, Jesus should be the thing you have in common. If you're in a group based off some interest or some club or some clique or some sport or some hobby, that's not how Jesus envisioned doing groups. If you're in a group and the thing, maybe the only thing you have in common is Jesus, that is enough. This is what it says in the book of Acts as we go on. This is so good. A deep sense of awe came over all of them and the apostles performed many miracle signs and wonders. This is incredible. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Now, here's the thing. This is so crazy. Because some people will build their whole faith system off of this verse. And they'll say, well, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you know, we got to sell everything we have and, and be this, you know, be all these poor people living in a commune somewhere, just in no electricity and no phones and no possessions. Do you know how terrible that would be? Do you know how miserable I would be if that's what Christianity was? it's not. 
And here's the thing about this verse that I think is taken out of context they don't understand. People didn't sell everything they had and just had nothing. If we all as Christians sold everything we had, do you know what would happen? Yeah, we'd have nothing. We'd all be poor. We'd, all, we'd be the ones who need help. That's not what Jesus is teaching. That's not what the apostles did. See, this is a time, a context, a time where there was so much excitement about what was happening in the construction of the church. This is important. I want you to hear this. This is important. Because for me, when I come back from a camp, like I'm so excited when I come back from a camp. When I came back from the Mexico home build, like I was so excited when I came back from the Mexico home build. Like I could feel in my own faith, my own relationship with Jesus that something incredible was happening. Now, that's what's happening with these guys. They're, they're starting the church. They're growing the church. There's so much excitement. People are looking at what they have and seeing what they can do without, what they can sell so they can give to others. Like, that's an exciting thing. Wait, when your relationship with Jesus is so focused on Jesus and not stuff, it becomes easy for you to see the things you don't need and give it away so that other people can have. And they did this. And they cared for those in need. I want you to write this down. It's going to be up here on the screen. This is what it says. They were enjoying each other. If you're in a group where you're not enjoying each other, the, the, the leader, you know, they're going to, they need to help frame that. You need to talk to your leader about it. Because these groups, the, these gatherings, these fellowships, they, they enjoyed being with each other. They met the needs. That's why our life groups serve. That's why we ask you as a life group to serve. All your leaders get an email. Where are the leaders who are life group leaders in the room? Raise your hand. Every week, look at our life group leaders. They're great. Every week they get an email from Kristen. And lately it's been having the stuff about the serve experience in it, right? Because we want you as a life group to meet the needs of the people around you. And we believe in the construction of the church. We believe that it was built from the ground up. And these guys modeled it for us. They, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Because they sat there. And they didn't read something and say, oh, that was really good to read. And like they put the book back on the shelf. They lived it. They said, what did Jesus teach about this again? All right, let's go just do that. Like, and here's the thing. Jesus, and it's right here. It's not up on the screen. So if you're looking at the screen, you're missing it. There's these bricks up here. Jesus is the foundation we build on. And I have the community brick up there. There's bricks under there. Every week we're going to add another brick because we believe on building on the foundation that Jesus laid for us. Jesus is the foundation we build on, and community was a part of that. Here's what it says in the book of Acts to wrap up this section of verses. This is what it says. They worshiped together at the temple. Each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. Each day, the Lord, this is so good. If you miss this, you could have missed a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm fine with that. If you miss this, you miss everything. Because this is so powerful. This is what God does. Only he could do this. And you, you, you're going to see it as true. You're going to embrace it because, you're, because it's going to make sense to you. This is what it says. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, you know why he added to their fellowship? Because people around them started to notice that these Jesus people, there's something different about the Jesus people. Like, whatever they're doing, you know, they're gathering and they're not letting the things that make them different separate them. You know, just like Jesus had dinner at the home of sinners, like these fellowships would be made of all these different people who normally would never hang out together. And people were looking at that and saying, well, why is that guy, really listen to this, why is that guy being accepted into that house? 
Why is that girl being accepted at that dinner table? Why, why are those people, those people are so different. Why are they hanging out together? Well, you don't want to know why? Because they have Jesus in common. Because when Jesus is your foundation, you can build everything about your life off of that. You know, why is he hanging out with her? You know, why is she, you know, with that group of girls? Why is that guy, you know, hanging out? You know, I see on Instagram, like, they're together. But those people, they shouldn't be together. You know what's so crazy? This happened a couple weeks ago. This student came up to me, and they're like, you won't believe who's here. And I'm like, who? They're like, this guy from my school, he's just, he, and, uh, you know, it's, their person's not in this room. And he, this guy at school, he's a total bully. He's a total jerk. I can't believe, I can't believe he goes to church here. I asked, and he, he like comes here all the time. They just go to a different service, which there's people, there's different services, so sometimes you don't see people. Here's my question to you. If someone from your school showed up here and saw you here, would they be shocked that you're in this room right now? Like, think about that for a second. If someone came in here from your school, Lakeside, South Lake, MCS, whatever, and they saw you sitting here, would they be like, oh my gosh, like, what are they doing here? And you'd be like, oh, well, I go to church here. I've been going to church here for years. You go to church? Like, you go to church? Like, how you treat me at school or how you act at school or, or how I hear you talking about people at school or how I've heard you talk about me at school. Like, you go to church here? Yeah, here's the thing. The thing that keeps us in common in our fellowship and our gathering is a foundation of Jesus. Here's the big idea for today. I want you to hear this because this is so important. The church was built together. It wasn't one person with an idea. It wasn't a couple people who kind of just took over. It was together, they started building this thing called the church. They modeled it after what Jesus did, and it worked. The fact that you're sitting here is proof that Jesus could pick 12 random people. Really listen to this. Jesus could pick 12 random people and give them a mission that could change the world. Here's my question to you. If you were alive back then, and Jesus looked at you and said, hey, you, I want to use you to change this world. Would you look at him and be like, and believe that you could do it? Because I'm going to tell you something. Those guys, those disciples, they didn't believe they could do it. They were shocked. Some of them were just totally in awe. A lot of them didn't get it till the end. But here's what I believe. I believe when we build what, what the Bible tells us to build, fellowship, a gathering, community, together. When we do it together, it will work and it will be strong. When we do it ourselves, it will fail because it's built on us, not on Jesus because Jesus is the foundation we build on. The church was built together. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for you. You're going to walk out this door and you're going to get a card. And just so you know, Jeremy, by the way, he's incredible. You guys got to know how much he loves you guys. He's not up here enough like teaching God's word, but, and he will be, but he loves you guys so much. He took the bottom lines for all four of these weeks, had these cards printed so that even if you lose your notes, you can keep this card, put it on your mirror as a reminder. I think it's something, a great thing that we should do regularly. And he made those for us. You're going to get one as you leave. So let me pray for you. And then we're going to go. I'm not going to see you next week. I'm going to be out of town. The next week is Easter and we start the, the signups for summer camp. And then, you know, I'll see you the, the next week. It'll be great. Okay. Let me pray for you guys. Have Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our students. You love them. 
You care about them. Bless them this week. Let them remember this. And God, you are so good. You care for us. We are excited for what you are going to continue to teach us this week as we remember that the church was built on you and that we have to do it together. We thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Head out the door. See you guys later.